Well, welcome to the latest podcast with me, Dr. Chris Keel. Now the question is international. So what the heck? The question was, what happens if China's economy collapses? Okay, one thing we're going to have to quit doing is over-dramatizing. The media does a really good job of this, and we really don't need to buy into it. The Chinese economy is not going to collapse. Neither is ours, neither is Europe. doesn't mean that there are huge problems that are affecting us, the Chinese, and the Europeans. It's just that we have a tendency... To get a little carried away, it's always this, you know, it's it's either it's the most powerful country on the planet and is going to eclipse the United States in the next three weeks, or it's going to utterly collapse. And well, it's not going to do either one. What's happening with China right now is kind of missed expectations. If you think back to when the lockdowns were first imposed in China in a very strict way, it was a reaction to... COVID, it was a reaction to the fact that the country was having as much difficulty with this infection as everybody else. And because it's a relatively closed society, that made it even harder to deal with. We are still trying to figure out where exactly the COVID virus came from. China is not going to make this easy to figure out. That's a whole other story. But the Chinese elected to essentially put into effect what some of the health authorities around the world had been suggesting, which is a 100% lockdown. Nobody goes anywhere. Nobody has any contact with anyone. And in a country as autocratic as China, you could pull that off. So for almost a year and a half, China was shut down. We know what it did to the supply chain. We know what it did to kind of the global economy as China essentially checked out. But it became obvious even to the Chinese that this wasn't working as far as controlling COVID. They still had outbreaks. They still had all the difficulties that everybody else was having. Only worse because their vaccine was not particularly effective and they weren't interested in using Western vaccines for all kinds of political reasons. So China finally gave up and said, look, this is ridiculous. We're destroying our economy. We have to end the lockdown. The assumption then was that China would immediately respond and that it would come back to normal in a matter of weeks. Well, first off, as soon as you lifted the lockdown, you had millions of people coming down with COVID and those people didn't necessarily die, but they weren't working and productivity dropped to a low ebb. Eventually, they got through that, kind of the first half of last year, and then it was assumed now they're going to come back. Now they're going to be producing a lot more. Consumers are going to go back and behave pretty much the way consumers had behaved in the U.S. and Europe. As soon as we saw our lockdowns reduced, we went nuts. We started buying everything in sight. We traveled. We were just reveling in the fact that we were free. That didn't happen in China. China's consumers are still cautious. They are still worried about the economic future. They're still dealing with the aftermath of the lockdown. You had lots of people who lost their jobs, their income deteriorated. And when you think about it, China doesn't have the wherewithal to be the consumer nation that it wants to be. I mean, this has been something that Xi has been trying to push ever since he took over China. He doesn't want to be dependent on exports. That makes him vulnerable to the U.S. and Europe. 
So he wanted to replace that export income with their own income from their own consumers. That's one of the reasons you've seen significant pay raises in China, trying to arm the consumer with money to spend. The problem is they have an ethos that is different than ours. They tend to save when they're worried about the future. We have a savings rate that never gets much above 6%. Theirs is like 15% and sometimes gets much higher. We have the wherewithal to be consumers. Our average living space is 2,000 square feet. Their average living space is 400 square feet. There's a reason that China doesn't have Sam's Clubs and Costco's. I mean, they can't buy that much stuff, and they travel on mass transit anyway. So you just didn't have that consumer surge, and it has really begun to affect China. The latest data has shown that imports are down almost 13%, exports are down almost 14%. Lots of reasons for that. Part of it is that the world is still dealing with its own economic issues, but those trade barriers and the trade disputes are adding up. There's a lot of countries that don't want to do business with China the way they have in the past, including the United States. So the reality is that Xi would like not to be dependent on exports. They would love to be in a position where they didn't need the American consumer to propel their economy. But that day is a long way off. The country that keeps the Chinese manufacturing sector humming is the United States, not China. And as a result, there's a lot of consternation as to what to do as China slips back into deflation. We're worried about inflation. They're worried about deflation. The government is now going to start pumping a massive amount of stimulus money, which they can ill afford. I mean, we worry about our debt. The Chinese debt-to-GDP ratio is 280%. Ours is 130%, which is bad enough. I mean, we have a debt that is in excess of our GDP by 30%. China is 180% in excess of their GDP. Most of that, if not all of that money, comes from the government. They're not borrowing from banks like we do. There isn't sort of a separate financial sector in the same sense that we have it. But a lot of the investment that's been driving China has come from the West. It's come from the U.S., it's come from Europe. And frankly, that investment's drying up. People are worried about the future. They're worried about what China and the U.S. might come to as far as conflicts. You get the picture. There's a lot of tension between the U.S. and China. We once thought of them as 50% partner, 50% rival. It is now like 10% partner and 90% rival. Now, before I end this diatribe, I just have to remind you of something that I've told you many times, trying to put this in, in context. Remember that I am a child of the Cold War. I started out as a Soviet specialist back in the 80s. I got a degree in Soviet studies. I got a degree in Asian studies because I was going to look at that Sino-Soviet relationship because they were the enemies. And I grew up in the Cold War era where one protected oneself from nuclear Armageddon by hiding under your desk in grade school. Even then, I didn't really think that was going to work. Um, maybe the gum is a protection against radiation. I don't know. But... 
I'm a cold warrior. I still look at Russia as Soviet Union. I can't quit calling them the Soviet Union. I still think of China as a communist country because, hey, it is still a communist country. And it still does things the way communist countries do. It is not a democracy. It is not even capitalistic in the sense that we are. So China has its issues. Is it going to disappear? No. Is it going to collapse? No. It's the second largest economy in the world. They produce an incredible amount of stuff and the world buys it. So it's not a matter of them vanishing. It's a matter of weakening in certain sectors. Do we take advantage of this? Hopefully. Is it a threat in some other respects? Yeah. There's going to be a lot of countries that have dependence on China, and that's going to be difficult for them to overcome. If you look at most of the Asian economies, they're very tied into China. So this has been a long podcast. I could go on for days. As a matter of fact, I used to. I used to teach whole courses on this. So keep an eye on what's going on with China. It's going to be an ever-changing environment, and I can guarantee you that I'll come back to it in future podcasts and webinars, and if I see you live, and if you catch me at a bar and buy me a beer. So with that, I will leave you to your own devices until next time. Thanks.